this morning we're going to jump into the Word, and I want to read a couple texts, starting with Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 17. Colossians is one of those small books in the New Testament, and so sometimes you can miss it. So just go to Colossians, or you can actually watch and follow the words right here on the, on the screen. This is Paul writing to the church of Colossae, and here's what it says. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. What an amazing encouragement we get from the Apostle Paul. Paul is writing to this church and he's encouraging them. And the church here is mainly made up of Christians that were Gentiles, meaning they were not of the Jewish faith before they converted to Christianity, which many Jews did, but they were Gentiles, meaning they were not Jew. Almost anybody that wasn't Jewish or wasn't an Israelite was a Gentile. So they had converted to, from, they had given their life to Jesus and become Christians. Now, the Jewish Christians were still trying to impose on them Jewish customs that had nothing to do with becoming a Christian. It was hard, you know, when you come out of that life and you have these customs, it's hard. So they were trying to impose them on there. But what Paul reminds this, the church of Colossae throughout this time is that, that he's reminding them that Jesus is enough. Come on. Jesus is enough. It's not customs. It's not traditions that saves us. But it's Jesus Christ. And he's letting them know that, you, that what you put on when you give your life to Christ is enough. You are a new creation. You are now joined with Jesus, but you're also joined with his people. You are now living for a new cause. Another scripture before we pray and jump into all of this, John 10, 10, one of my favorite scriptures, probably my favorite scripture for, uh, of, of all time. John 10, 10, Jesus' words here. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I love here that there's something. Some, we always talk about full, which is awesome. Full, abundant. That's, that's, I love that. But he says something here that I don't want to miss. Jesus didn't say, I have come that you may have life. Singular. He said, I have come that they may have life. Plural. So today we're going to continue in this series. And the title of today's message is Better Together. Better together. Come on, let's pray this morning and jump into this. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, the Bible tells us that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The God, it directs us, it guides us, and it leads us. And so I pray today as we study your word together, as we hear from you, Holy Spirit, that our hearts would be open and our minds would be open. 
And that, God, you would just move and have your way. That we'd be transformed and renewed by your word. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, what a good day. Come on. What a good day that we get to, to be here together. What a good day. I'm so excited about this message. Now, I want to ask you a question this morning. And that question is this. Why settle for okay when you can have the best? Why settle for okay when you can have the best? You know, imagine if you would a, a few scenarios here. What if, what if someone came to you and said, I'm going to give you some options, and, both, and, and, and out of the options I'm giving you, it's all taken care of. It's all paid for. I want to give you something. And they lay before you a couple things. Maybe, maybe they say, okay, I'm going to buy your dinner, and here's what you have. You can either have a burger or you can have a New York strip that's perfectly prepared. They say, either one of those I'm taking care of. I'm probably going to choose, come on, the New York strip. What if they, someone said, listen, I'm going to take care of this. I'm sending you to the Super Bowl, and you have your pick. You can, you can for, for some of you uh, KC fans out there, sorry they didn't make it, but if they said, we're sending you to the Super Bowl to watch your favorite team, and you can either sit in the, the very highest seats, the, the nosebleed section, but at least you're in the stadium, but, or I'll go ahead and take care of your tickets for about 20 rows up, come on, from the field on the 50-yard line. Come on now, some of you are getting a little, you're thinking about it right now. What if, what if someone came to you and said, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm taking care of this, all the, all the finances of it, everything. You can have an old truck, an old used truck that's kind of beat up, it's kind of worn down, I'll buy it for you. Or you can go pick out on the lot a brand new truck with all, everything, I mean decked out, it's every package that you want on it. Either one. Come on. If someone did this, I, I'd, why would we settle for something that was just okay? Right? Why would we do that? Now, I know some of us are, are some of it, some, let's just be real. Some of us are just negative people. Come on, you don't have to be that way, but some of us are just cantankerous. We would look for the issues. We, you know, we'd be like, well, I don't like anything from New York. I'm not eating a New York strip steak. Or, or you might be like, who wants to sit in the middle, middle of all those people at the Super Bowl? I'd feel crowded. I need my space up at the top. There's probably even some of us that would be like, well, I, I actually, you know, I, new truck is way too flashy. If people saw me driving a new truck, they'd probably think I had money. They'd probably want to borrow money from me or something. Come on, stop being so negative. Let's be honest. We would probably go, most of us would probably want the, the best thing. And I wonder, in our relationship with Jesus, in the life that he's called us to live, why would we settle for okay when Jesus wants us to have the best? When Jesus actually has something better for us. You're like, better than what, Pastor Scotty? Better than what, the, than, than what culture can provide. Better than what we're born into, just born naturally as those in sin. Better than living life for self. Jesus has something better for us. 
If you look at the, the actual de definition of the word better, just the actual definition of the word better, it says of superior quality or excellence. Of superior quality or excellence. Now here's what's interesting. When you go look at, at, at the, the, in John 10.10 10, when it says life to the full or some, some versions say an abundant life, it actually speaks... Uh, that Greek word there is actually uh, parosos. I probably said that wrong. I think it's parosos or parosis. It's P-E-R-I-S-S-O-S. -S. And that meaning is, is, listen, the definition of better, superior, quality, or excellence, the meaning of this word in the Greek of life to the full is superior, extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon. Sounds like the same word. And that is what Jesus wants for you, what he wants for me, but what importantly, what he wants for us. I truly believe this life, the life that Christ has for us, only happens when we connect with God and with God's people. Come on. I, want, I, I know that there's going to have to be some change in thinking. Some of us have to have a breakthrough this morning in seeing this and believing this. But let's let the Word of God speak to us. I want you to write this down today. And this is the relationship reality that we're going to focus on. I want this to settle in our spirit and our heart. So write it, write it down, type it down, put it in your notes, in your phone, whatever you have to do. And that is this. The best life is one surrendered to God's way with God's team striving for God's purpose. Come on, you got to write this down. This has been settling in my spirit even as I've prepared for this message, this relationship reality. The best life is one surrendered to God's way with God's team striving for God's purpose. So let's go through these three things here. Number one, God's way. You know, I've talked about food already so much today. I don't know why in the world I think of uh, Mike's Way. If you've ever had Jersey Mike's, I'm not promoting Jersey Mike's. I just know that they make a good sub. And if you get it Mike's Way, it's delicious. Is it healthy? Probably not. But it's delicious. But see, God has a way that he has prepared things for us. God loves us so much that he made a way for us to live that is the best way. You know, the gift of Jesus, the gift of Jesus Christ coming to this earth from, earth from God, the gift of Him living life here as a human and as God, facing everything we, that we would face, going through everything that we have went through, this ultimate sacrifice that He would end up making for us, that His body was broken, that His blood was shed, that He would die on the cross, this sacrifice, but that He would raise again, that we could even go to Him, that we could even surrender our life to Him. It's the start of everything. It's really the start of life. It's, our life really doesn't even start, in my opinion, until we surrender it to Jesus Christ. You see, the choice of salvation is more than just saying, forgive me of my sins, but it's also making Him the Lord of our life. We say, Jesus, I no longer live for self. I live for you. I'm making you the Lord of my life. And see, that, we say, Holy Spirit, I don't want to have the decision-making power any longer. I don't want to live just for self. I want you to have the decision-making power. I want you to, to speak to my heart and speak to my life. I want to live not according to my ways, 
but I'm surrendering to God's way. God, the way that you would do it. See, God's way starts with a relationship with Him. It starts, God's way, hands down, the only way. That's why we talk about knowing God. It's the first part of our vision. We want, to, we want people to know God because God's way starts with a relationship with Him and it continues in a relationship with other Christians. God's way starts with a relationship with Him and it continues in a relationship with other Christians. If we look around society today and we look at the culture around us, it is a me-centered culture. It is about me. It is about who I am. Society says me, but thank God Jesus says we. Amen? Society says me. Culture says me, but Jesus says we. That's God's way. It's different than what society is. It's different than what culture is. If we look throughout the Word of God, my goodness, we see it peppered throughout all of the New Testament. Over and over again, Paul refers to the body of Christ. Jesus refers to the church, something so powerful that the gates of hell will not even prevail against it. We see it mentioned in Acts as, as the power of God would come. Why? Because they were all in one accord. They were all unified. We continually see the, the body of Christ referred to as they, we. Come on, this is something that God has for us. And as we surrender to God's way and we give our life to Him, we can't deny that this is what God has for us. Flying solo is contrary to God's way. I want this to settle. I know someone needs to hear this this morning. Flying solo is actually contrary to God's way. I don't believe you're purpose, purposefully trying to be against God's way, but if you're saying, if you're saying things like, well, you know, I've got it all figured out, Pastor Scotty, I'm okay, I'm all right. If you're saying, I don't need anyone else, it's just me and God. Come on, just me and God all the way till the end. If you're saying these things, if you're living with that mindset, then you are literally living contrary to God's way. I want our eyes to be open today. I want us to understand that we need one another. And I want us to understand that if we surrender ourselves to God's way, then we're saying, God, yes, I must have you. I can't live without you. But I also submit myself and surrender myself to what you have for me. And that's also living with people connected. Sadly, many people today continue to fall for the lie that we can do it on our own. Even Christians, even people that have a relationship with God, I continually see them fall into this lie that we can do this on our own. I can do this. I'm all right. And this is a lie. It's been since the, since the very beginning. In Genesis 3, 1 through 5, as the serpent approaches Eve, I mean, this, 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 this dialogue here before them, I want you to listen to it. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? 
the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Here's what Satan says, you will not surely die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I want you to, there's such important things in our language, right? The way that we speak. Eve actually said to him, we. Eve was trying to speak the language of we, but the enemy was speaking the language of me. He attacked her. He kept saying, you will be like God. You will be this. You will, you will certainly not die. He was, he was, the enemy has continually put this throughout all of history, that you are good enough on your own, that you should do what makes you happy, that you can make it. But I'm telling you that when we surrender to God's way, we have a relationship with him, but we also have a relationship with others. See, the enemy wants to isolate you and the enemy wants you to believe that you can do it all on your own because the enemy knows without the team of God, you will never be as effective as you can be. I'm telling you right now, maybe you've done good things, maybe you've had some success in things, but I'm telling you, you are limited when you go at it just yourself. We can't accomplish God's purpose the way we're supposed to without his team. Come on. Let's have some breakthrough today. So when we surrender our life to Christ, we say, I'm going all in on your way, God. And when we do that, here's what it means. It means we live our life surrendered to Him and we live it with, number two, God's team. If we're going to step into this this all that God has for us, the best life, the, the, the better life, then number one, we surrender to God's way and number two, we do it with God's team. I am a team guy. I mean, I, I like getting on a team with a common goal and a common vision and accomplishing great things. I grew up playing sports. I definitely wasn't the most gifted athlete, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being on a team. I loved the competition. I love, I'm still competitive. I mean, I may say stupid things and do stupid, stupid things when I'm in a competitive environment. Please, please pray for me. Please forgive me. I'm still trying to surrender that to the Lord. I'm a work in progress. So, come on, somebody. But more importantly, I love being with the team. We, we church planted several years ago, and, and there were many things that were good about it, many things that were difficult about it. Many things that, that, were, that were tough, but one of the things that I found out about myself even more was how much I missed the interaction of a daily team working together. Man, I tell you what, let me just say for a minute, I love the team at Summit Church. I, I love our pastors, Pastor David and Janae. I love our, uh, uh, the whole team that we get to work together. We get to roll up our sleeves together. There's something about being on a team. I don't know if you're, if you're a football person or a sports person, but this year, this year I got to watch, I'd watch some Monday night football, and I, and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the broadcast that they would have with Peyton Manning and Eli, and they would, they would kind of commentate a little bit on the, on the football game. They would have people there. It was so much fun. It was so funny to watch. And I remember I was watching it one night, and they were talking to Peyton, and they were asking him, since he's retired and it's been a while since he's played, they're like, what's the thing you miss most? 
What's the thing you miss most about, about playing football? And we know he was a super competitor. He'd won, he won several Super Bowls. Excuse me. He had done lots of different things. But I thought his answer was interesting. He said what he missed the most is when his team would maybe have an away game and maybe it was a tough game and they had to really grind or maybe they weren't supposed to win it. But they came away with the victory. And the thing that was the, the best, he said, the thing that he missed the most wasn't the victory. It was the, the, play, the, the, the flight back and the team celebrating together, having fun together, had accomplished something together. It was the camaraderie of being on a team. I want you to know today that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you step into a team. Come on, when we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, yes, we join with Him, but we also join a group, a band of brothers and sisters. We join a team. Come on, we join a family. Maybe some of you watching today, maybe you've never had a family that truly cares, so maybe this is foreign to you. I want to ask that you lay down your past hurts. You lay down the way you view things, and you embrace the family that God has given you, and you step onto that team and say, this is now my, my group. This is the people that we're doing life with. That's why I love our small groups. People coming together, doing life together, opening up their hearts. Man, you got to be part of a small group. I'm telling you, it will help you see and bring to life this team concept. You can, you can, I, I am plugging our small groups because I think they're important. Go to, you can go on our small groups page on yoursummitchurch.com and check it out. But it matters because we, when we surrender our life to Christ, we surrender to Him and to step onto His team. Colossians 3.12, the scripture that I shared at the very beginning, that text, I love it. He, he, he says, as God's chosen people. As God's chosen people. See, God has chosen us. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you step in to God's chosen people. I don't know if you... If you can recall back when, when you were growing up, maybe when you were in elementary school and you'd play different games, right? Like dodgeball. I don't know who came up with dodgeball, but you know it, is, it can be dangerous depending, especially when I remember when we were younger, we, in junior high, we actually had some older guys that were having to be teacher's aides, and they just I think they saw it as a chance to work out their, their pitching arm and just try to bean little kids. It was dangerous, but go back with me if you would, and you remember when you would have to line up and they'd begin to pick teams. Come on, you begin to pick teams. And there were some of you, you were like that superstar athlete. So every time that the, it was picked, you would be one of the first two people to go. And then there were some, some of you that you were kind of in the middle. You were kind of in the middle of the group. And then for the rest of us, like me, my brothers and sisters, that you were just hoping you didn't get picked last. You're like, come on. What I, what I lack in, in, in speed, I, I make up for in my size. <laughs> You're looking for any reason. I got heart. You need to pick me. We just were trying not to be last. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Here's what I love about with God. 
It's not like God is standing there and saying, I'm picking the best first. You, 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 and the rest of you, I hope you get on some team. No, God has an open invitation to his team. He's like, here's my team. I want you on it so much that I gave my son for you. Come on, come be part of the team of God. All he is asking is that you would say, I accept you. I accept your ways, and I want to be on your team, God. And you step into the team that God has for you. God has a team for you. Maybe you have felt alone. Maybe you didn't think there's anybody that could ever relate to you or that you could be part of anything, but God has done. You say, well, Pastor Scotty, I'm this way or I'm that way. I look this way. I look that way. I act this way. How could I ever be on a team? Here's what I want us to remember about God and I love about the team of God. God's team is diverse. It's made up of the whosoever's. Come on. John 3.16 tells us, right, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We are part of a team full of whosoever's, part of a team full of people that look like the underdog. Come on, we are part of a team that can accomplish more than what they ever thought, not because of how good we are, but because of the Spirit of the living God. This is a team that you want to be part of, that you want to connect with. I love the team of God. I love, have you ever heard uh, someone say in sports or a coach, this is a coach speak and a coach talk, and they say the only name that matters is the one on the front of the jersey. Did you ever see the movie Miracle? Oh my gosh, I, I can't, it's not even in my notes, but I, Miracle gets me pumped up every time because they had to remember they weren't playing for self, they were playing for the USA. And so the one that matters, the name that matters, isn't your name on the back, it's the name on the front. As a matter of fact, I love when I see teams go without names on the back in a culture that wants to make it all about individualism. I love it when we see something different than that. And I wonder, why is it Why is it that we so often become a Christian and we so often give our lives, surrender to God's way, but we still want to be known by so many other things? We still want our identity to be so many other things instead of letting our identity be in Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, but I'm a Christian first. I'm actually not sorry. That's the way we should live. When we surrender our life to Him, I'm a Christian first. I want to be identified as a Christian before anything else. Before American, before Republican, before Democrat, before my gender. Come on. I want to be known as a follower of Jesus Christ. There should be no precursor to Christ's follower. There should be nothing in my life that goes before it. Come on, I belong to Team Jesus. That's what we just need, shirts that say Team Jesus. That's who I am first. Nothing else should go in front of it. Nothing else should describe me. If if I want to describe myself some way different after that, fine. But how about we know Jesus first? I love Galatians 3, 26-28. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. You are all children 
of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ. And I love it. He says this as he, it, it ties in with Colossians. Have, uh, baptized into Christ, having clothed yourselves, having clothed yourself with Christ. Take off everything else that's an identifier. You're a new creation in Christ. It says there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. Come on, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Man, I am so pumped up today. I know the Spirit of God is speaking. We have identified with so many other things for too long. When we come to Christ, we are a new creation. It says we are a chosen people. It says we're holy. We're dearly loved. Man, I am so excited about this today. I want us to get it. This is the best life. This is when we're together the way that God wants us to. We're better together. He, he said we are chosen. And when I, we have this revelation of being chosen, of being holy, being dearly loved, being connected with others, it's not a reason to brag. It's not a reason to boast because we didn't do it in ourselves. It was by the gift of salvation and grace. But it is a reason to join together. It is a reason to love more and love the way Jesus did. It is a reason to get together to speak the truth of who Jesus is. It is a reason to care for one another and lift one another up. Come on, when we put on the jersey that says follower of Christ, when we put on the jersey that says team Jesus, it's an honor to represent Him, but it's also an honor to represent one another. Not only do we represent Jesus, but we represent our brother and our sister. We represent one another. That's why when we are labeled as Christian, it's something that we wear with pride in a healthy way. It's something that we wear with honor because we're honoring the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But I'm going to tell you today that it's not easy. Because it... because. Though we are His chosen people, with that comes responsibility. Responsibility to live for Him. Surrender our life to Him. Responsibility to, to serve one another and lift one another up. When we read that text in Colossians, the whole thing is about how we should live together as fellow Christians. And we are better when we do it this way. Listen, He said we should be clothed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience towards one another. We should bear with one another, mean lifting one another up. We should bear the hurts and pains with one another. If they're going through it, I'm going through it. We should forgive one another. If you, Pastor David talked about, let's get past the offense. Man, come on. We should put on love. All these things are outlined. It says we should live together in peace as one body, one group. We should teach and admonish with all wisdom. I love it. All wisdom. Meaning, I have some wisdom. You have some wisdom. And as we link with the Holy Spirit, imagine the power of our wisdom working together. It says we should sing together with gratitude and thankfulness, coming together in the name of Jesus. And all this is for Him. Come on, if we want to live the life God has for us, then here's the reality. We have to surrender to God's way with God's team. And third, for God's purpose. When we gave our lives to Christ, we were actually stepped into being called to a higher way, 
To not seek for ourselves, but to seek after, to seek after God's kingdom purpose. Matthew 6:33 tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God's purpose for all mankind is that they all would know him. That all mankind would know him. To know him and to grow in him, to surrender our life to him. Not just a few of you, but every single one of you. Every politician, it's God's will that, that they would know him. Every person that says, I'm, I'm living a gay lifestyle, it is for, it's God's will that they would fully know him. Every person that has, that has been in an adulterous affair and has done the wrong thing, God's will is for them to know him. It's his will for all of us to know him, to surrender our life to him, and to come to him just as we are. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, we can preach a lot of messages, and we can do a lot of outreaches to show people who Jesus is, and these are good. There are many ways that we show God, God to others. We, we show them that we belong to Jesus, but we often forget something so profound that Jesus commanded us. And I want us to hear that. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment from Jesus Christ. Something He commanded us to do. Something that would show who He is. Something that would show uh, others what we are all about and what Jesus is all about. And it's in John 13, 34-35. John 13, 34-35. It says, A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. What's the result? He said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Come on. We can't live the best life without loving God, surrendering to Him, being with His team, and going for His purpose. This is how we're supposed to do it. So I just ask, where are you at today on this journey? Have you surrendered your life to God? Have you become a Christian? That's the first step. Have you asked Him to forgive you of your sins and said, I surrender to you, I make you the Lord of my life? If you haven't done that today, I just want you to reach out to us through, through message. You can do that right there with what you're watching. You can even private message us and say, I want to make a decision for Christ. And we're going to have someone's going to connect with you. And we're going to pray with you. It's the greatest decision you could ever make. Maybe you're a Christian today and you said, I have surrendered to God's way, but I'm seeing now that I really haven't surrendered to God's way. I, I, he saved me and he, and he is changing me, but I still am so reluctant to live within the body of Christ and connect with other believers. Well, I'm going to ask, would you be willing to go into a small group or would you be willing to just start to come to church on a regular basis? Would you be willing to reach out to others within the body of Christ, letting your guard down? Because I'm telling you, you were never, ever meant to do it alone. You might survive on your own. You might make it in your walk with God, but it's not, it's just the okay thing. It's not the best that God has for you, and it's going to be hard because His plan is for you to live connected with others on Team Jesus. Come on. 
And then are you willing? Where are you at? Maybe today you're doing that, but you say, We're, I, I, I'm doing it, but I want to go for more. Have you prayed, God, what is it you're wanting me to do? What is it you're wanting our team to do? God, we want to go after your kingdom purpose for your kingdom glory. See, living this way, surrendered to all that God has, is the best way to live. So here's what I want to ask today, is that we would join together. We would commit to join together and surrender to God's way with God's team, striving for God's purpose. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, that you would allow us to come together in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every person that's watching, that's tuning in. I pray there would be a stirring in us by the Holy Spirit for your way. That God's selfishness would be gone. We would move from a mentality of me to we. We would see that, God, the best life, the better way to live is, that we, is together, that we are better together, God. We would let our guard down in the name of Jesus, and we would connect in the body of Christ. I pray whoever is watching, that is maybe they have made excuses. Well, there's hypocrites, there's this and there's that, and they've made excuses that the excuses would stop, and that, Lord, they would begin to look at each other as you asked the church to do there in the book of Colossians clothing themselves with the fruits of the Spirit, reacting out of love, and that, God, you would connect us together for your purpose. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.